Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you very much, and it's great to have you for this episode of Joy Sounds, music you need to know. On today's show, all the way from Manchester, England, we are pleased to welcome Lilo. Lilo is a duo made up of vocalist Lisa Ollivant and bassist producer George Lawton. Lilo got their start as students at the prestigious popular music program at the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester. But it was a study abroad exchange program that brought them to Los Angeles for four months, which helped Lilo craft their sound. After school, Lilo took a bit of a hiatus while Lisa and George immersed themselves in the often lucrative corporate gig world of London but ultimately stepped back from that to return to Lilo with a re-energized commitment to the project and a fully formed sound. During the show, Lilo performs three songs live from the Joy Sound studio. They perform Heroin, Breathing Underwater, and Space Talk. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to Lisa Olivent and George Lawton, Lilo, performing Heroin on Joy Sounds. It's a rescue party The damsel in distress is not me Shots fired faster than light But we're not gonna die tonight Gotta get me into your bloodstream Victory won't be a daydream Are you dreaming of me? I can be your heroine If you take me instead I can be your heroine I can go to your head if you want a special venom I can be your secret weapon I can be your heroine If you take me
And that was Heroin, performed by Lilo, with George Lawton on bass, Lisa Olivent on vocals, Marco Apicella on keys, R.C. Russell on guitar, Kelly Cruz on cajon, and we get to welcome George Lawton and Lisa Olivent, Lilo, to the Joy hey. Sound Studio. Hey. hey, how are you doing? We're doing good. good. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Hey, you're our first international group. Woo! Woo, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. We're breaking new ground here. (laughs) So that song, Heroin, that song's really evolved over time, hasn't it? So Yeah. So talk about that process because it's always fascinating to me how a song sort of unfolds and has these different versions. That song really, it's like it has three editions and it's quite interesting because it goes along with where we've been and how we've changed. I wrote that song in 2016, yeah. 2015, oh, 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we were very much band orientated. We didn't, we hadn't found our, our song when we first wrote it, but like the song's always been there. The lyrics have never changed, have they? Very minor changes. Yeah, but the sound and the feel has really transformed. Massively. Yeah. We just got the master back from that track, so we're like really excited because we're kind of speaking to distribution now and that'll be coming up pretty soon. Actually, no, there's been four editions of that song. There was our version in Manchester, then we came, we lived here in 2017 for four months. Um, had, a, had a great time. Towards the end of the trip, we ended up getting it produced again and that, like, we got a lot from that production and there's, there's elements of that have made it into the final version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't end up releasing that version, but it really set it like it set the tone. There's like quite a few things we've brought over, and then uh, midsummer last last year we found the new producer for it, and it's been awesome. It's just like that's it, great. It just worked from the get go with him. And this is your new single that it should be coming out very soon if it's mm-hmm. not out already. So that's exciting. Is this a debut single for you? Technically, no. We actually have a song that's already out on Spotify. Okay. Um, but we didn't really like make a big fuss about it when we released it. We okay. kind of just put it out and we were like hey this is a song that we did if you want to check it out that's yeah, cool yeah that's but, resuscitate by the way it yeah isn't. it's called resuscitate it's on spotify if you want to listen to it we're thinking about re-releasing that pretty soon oh, okay yeah. great yeah great um because we we're really proud of that song it's funny when it got released they put it under the wrong name <laughs> in spotify uh, yeah. it was actually under a rapper called lil o <laughs> and it took them like two weeks or something to fix it and by that time it was like and once it gets lost in the spotify weeds yeah. i mean my goodness yeah. it was a it was a done deal by then <laughs> it was annoying so. just having something mirror it as well like with the release like oh my god our tracks out oh wait a minute everyone you just have to pretend that you, know, you do like the countdown and then, <laughs> right oh it's midnight everyone it's out it's out and then you go to refresh the page and like, oh, do, do you <laughs> know there. do you know it's under a rap called the, yes yes you you are <laughs> thank you for pointing that person that's told me that <laughs> yeah uh, the joys of releasing music in yeah. 2019 2020. but it's a funny story now yes oh you can we can laugh at it i'd now. forgotten about that actually <laughs> <laughs> that's that's but yeah it's exciting that we that we might re-release it again and yeah, if we good. put out like an ep or something like that then it'll it'll be on that we're, we're pretty committed to getting out an ep towards the end of this year because when we when we lived when we lived here we recorded four tracks heron being one of those one of those tracks and um, resuscitate had already been recording we re- we'd actually if we, if we went that went to a producer after but that was just mm-hmm. by chance mm-hmm. but we recorded four tracks so it's been like a bit of a journey trying to find the right producers for that yeah sure and sure. Yeah, so it's always like finding the right person's always always kind of been a bit tricky, but that's you know that's that's what we do. <laughs> You've already brought up a couple of times that you spent some time in Los Angeles. Yeah. Would you consider that an important part of your uh, development as a group? Completely, like, yeah. As, yeah. A, as a group and as in uh, every way, just so, having a change of scenery and just being around completely new people, you kind of get to a point where you feel like a big fish, and then you get thrown into a completely different pool of musicians, and it's like. 
whoa, okay, this is a different ball game. It can throw you, but it also really inspires you. Through. Yeah, we were kind of lucky because, like, like you said, we'd actually we'd met in Manchester, and a bunch of the um, a bunch of the USC musicians had come over, and we got a chance to speak, got a chance to speak to them, and like we'd already oh, yeah, that's like right. yeah. we developed a couple of relationships, so we we knew people before we got it. But yeah, when we when we got it, it was interesting. I felt like it was maybe a good month and a half, two months before we felt settled. Because all of a sudden you've gone from a life you've known for like, well, for me, it was 22, 23 years. Yeah. And then you have to completely, not even, not not relaunch, but you've got to completely reestablish yourself and build yourself and your life in a completely different place. Like all of a sudden support networks aren't there. Like right, right. all these friends that, you know, you've, you've spent years and years and years developing to get as close as they are. And we had four months. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it's not like we were pushing anything, but like friendships take time to like form and like the bonds take time. And um, one of the most interesting parts that we found in challenges at first was like sort of cultural differences in terms of um, like planning. Because we mentioned, right. we mentioned this before, it was just, um, there's like a different language to it. So like spontaneity is like <laughs> back in England in general, planning things is like pretty much once you've said a place and a time and that person's been like, yeah, that's like the plan made. Yes. Yeah. So done. Like, yeah, that, that, that's it. We don't need to like sort of don't really need to confirm it unless that person like you know, bit of a flick, right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. But then coming out here, it was like on the day of a plan, you'd be like, "Hey, so are we doing that?" It's like, "Oh, sorry, I got something on." Yeah, and there was there was a lot of that for on. Like, so it, it took a while to get used to, it, and then all of a sudden, it was like, "Actually, this isn't this isn't like me. This isn't no. It's like this is just this is a cultural difference." And that yeah. was that was interesting. That took a while to get used to, but then we learned the magical word of schedule. Schedule. <laughs> if you say it, it just seems to, I just seems so. It's like, should we schedule this in? It's like a completely different ballgame. Like, that's going into There's a commitment ca- there. That's now, going to someone's calendar, and then you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. What were some of the experiences or concrete things from your LA experience that you feel most contributed to your artistry? I remember our first songwriting class with you, and I remember just sitting there like, whoa. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah. Were some of them freshmen? Probably. Yeah, that was, fr- that was yeah, a freshman yeah. class, yeah. And I was just completely stunned by the the standard, like not just of like vocals, but songwriting and technical ability and knowledge of theory and all of that stuff. It just seemed like everyone was a triple threat. For me, one of the things that stunned me in that songwriting class and a few other classes was how it was taught. Our lessons back at home were amazing. This like but one of the things that amazed me was like being taught something as subjective as songwriting, but and being taught methods. Mm. Like I, I just did, I would have never been able to put like, this is, this is a method that works. And like mm-hmm. we discovered so many ways. And that was like, I was just, I was blown away by it. Like I've never been given a methodology toward, towards this. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's been amazing. It hasn't let a lot of, like none of that stuff has left, left me. Like I mm-hmm. still think back to it. And this, if we're songwriting, there's still things that I think that pop in from that's that good. class. That's good. You were telling me before we got started that your consciousness towards production became really solidified during your time in LA. We, me and Lisa came over as an act, as as Lilo. Neither of us play harmony instruments. And I mean, I play gu- I play guitar, and I can kind of I'll I make my way on keys with, in a production sense. <laughs> now and I then, do, but back then I didn't. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Neither of us really knew our way around a DAW like very well. Mm-hmm. In my head, like even before I'd gone to uni- like university back in Manchester, like before I'd even got a place. It had always been a goal for me of like I want to be a producer. That's that's the thing I want. That's the thing I want to do alongside. Got it. So you like, knew you knew this for a long time. Maybe you just didn't know quite. It was the how scope to, of it. Yeah, it was how to get into it. There, there yeah. was nothing that had lent the opportunity for me to like be spending time and like having commitment in it. And we started it started off in just 
I just enrolled in a class that you'd recommend to me, uh, recommend to me with uh, Michael Michael Smitty Smith. Smitty. Smitty. Shout out to Smitty. Woo. Yeah, he's the one. And it started off with that and we had some projects and obviously me and Lisa came over as Lila and we had to, we had to become self-sufficient. We had no other people. And it was interesting being forced into that and like been forced into doing that. It kind of was like, oh, wait a minute. Like all these parts that other people have been doing and I've like, it's like I can hear all that already. Mm. I don't need... I don't need that, like that instrumentalist to hear the part for them. And the, these things just started happening. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like discovering production for me is like, was incredible. And having great. finally having the excuse to kind of get into it was great. So we had to like, there was some projects. So uh, it just started off putting one of our songs in. And I think it was, I think it was still mine actually, which is one of the tracks that will be on the EP. Mm-hmm. Cause it had only ever been played by a band. It was so interesting to hear it. Like actually in the production zone, which is where you've got access to so many different yeah. sounds and yeah, instruments. Yeah. And then that one thing led to another, and then the next thing I knew, it was like, I came, I came over as a bassist with Lisa, with Lisa. But actually, the amount of bass I played over here was very minimal. It was, Is that right? It was, it was production yeah. and music. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I, I did bass as like as and well, but like the the focus was was music and me as a musician. I'd love to hear another tune from you guys, yeah. if yeah. that's okay. And I know that the one that you have prepared for me, it's called "Breathing Underwater," and this is a big ballad this yeah. is this is a really big song you guys won't know this who are listening but me and george are actually um a couple <laughs> and we have been since i was an engaged couple we are congratulations engaged. thank yeah. you we've been together since i was 18 and we're now like 25 mm-hmm. yeah, we were in the same high school together, so a long time the, no, the, no, no way i really? was the year above i took two gap years lisa took, lisa took one so that's what lined us up to be in the same year when we got to university together yeah and it just so happened that we were going to the same uni anyway. Yeah. Which is it's, pretty crazy, crazy doing the same thing. Right. It, right. We've been together for like our entire adult life, basically. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I had a bit of a freak out. I mean, nothing was wrong. George didn't do anything wrong, but it was more, I was panicking that I hadn't experienced enough. I don't know. It, it sounds stupid saying it now, but we've been together since I was, I mean, a teenager being with someone for that long and having the feeling that it's you're gonna be with that person for forever that's a big moment yeah that's a big moment to consider yeah and the, the song's about me thinking about a world in which we don't exist as a mm. couple wow and I had that thought of how I would feel without him and that's what it's about and I just felt I tried to think about it and I felt like I was drowning but when we're together it's like we can breathe under what like we can do anything yeah i still get choked up because like at the very end it's me questioning if i called things off and then realized i made the mistake i wanted to be with you again it's like we but like would you still like would you let me like mm-hmm. come back to you so let's invite marco back to help you out this is breathing underwater performed by lilo on joy sounds I thought I was 
lovers Everything to each other How could I resist Having it all Can we stop time Can we rewind To when I wasn't so naive I don't want to have to say That I let you get away Afraid that I got an in too deep But we were breathing Breathing underwater I'm pleading For you to pull me under I wanna be Breathing underwater Cause I can't watch you Instead of me Instead of me I was tangled Up in my fear and devotion I took you for granted Abandoned what we called our home But I don't want to be alone I didn't realize I didn't see the signs Truths that I refused to believe But I was so stupid then Can we go back again? Cause I was Lilo performing Breathing Underwater. We here at Joy Sounds hope everybody who is listening is staying healthy and riding out these unprecedented times as best as possible. 
We also hope that introducing you to these emerging artists through conversation and live performances has brought a small bit of distraction and enjoyment. If you'd like to support Joy Sounds, please consider visiting patreon.com slash joysoundsmusic. Once again, that's patreon.com slash joysoundsmusic. And subscribe on a monthly basis at whatever amount works best for you. All funding goes towards the production costs of Joy Sounds and will help ensure that we can continue to bring you these outstanding artists far into the future. Many thanks for listening and for your support. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Lilo. And that was Breathing Underwater, performed by Lilo. Yeah, I can see why that's emotional. Even just now, singing it for a podcast with no audience, I'm still getting choked at the end. It's so crazy that a song was the catalyst of me having such a big realization, realizing that I was overthinking everything. Mm. It's crazy that that is what music can do. Yeah. Once you finished up your schooling, it sounds like you guys also kind of threw yourself into the professional music scene, making your living Mm -hmm. on a variety of gigs and things like that. Did that present a challenge to you in terms of what you had to do to make a living as a musician versus what you wanted to do as Lilo and as artists? Definitely. That, that's been a thing for a few years. But one of the best things about coming over is we've all been, like any music sort of degree, creative degree, your career doesn't start when you leave your degree. It starts in that's the first sure. couple of years because yeah. the people you become best friends with become your musicians. They become your circles that you get, you get your gigs and you give those people gigs. And by the time we got into fourth year, we were, we were super busy, like gigging, doing corporate work like every single weekend. Yeah. Um, loads of that stuff. And it was so liberating to come out and that we knew we were going to be here for four months. So like we got to completely clear everything for four months. Like we knew like our priorities were just, and we were given that bed because of how it was set up. We yeah. so good to like, that's your schedule now. Like this is, you can prioritize everything you want to. And it gave us, it gave us a bed to discover everything, like the production thing for me right, and everything right. else. It's, it was, it was so good. And then coming back into it, it was, that was interesting actually going back because we'd been away for four months. We obviously lost a fair few gigs. Right. Yeah. And different, like me as a, as a bassist, a couple of different artists. You can get replaced really quickly, can't yeah, you? Yeah, because that's yeah. what happens. That's it's like you, you debt for someone. Yeah. You nearly, a lot of the time you end up taking that, taking that gig. And so like four months, that's a lot of debts. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was a blessing in disguise for me because what then happened was much higher quality work built up. And I, I could back it was like a bit more selective. Nice. With it. Yeah. So it hit the reset button for you. But did it ever sort of get away from you and maybe became too much? It's funny because I was lucky enough from around 2015 to be asked to front a band in London for a very high end agency mm-hmm. that do pretty like extreme budget weddings and corporate things and all that um because those those high-end wedding gigs and corporate gigs it's amazing it's insane production level and all that stuff some of the most the craziest things i've ever seen have been on those gigs (laughs) yeah it's mad michael buble once didn't you (laughs) is that right yeah yeah (laughs) michael buble just sort of appears right yeah it was ridiculous yeah (laughs) it feels like a massive privilege to be able to do those gigs because a lot of people are not fighting over them but People really want to do them. Sure. And my mindset is trained to say yes to everything. Right. And to take on everything that comes my way, especially if it's stuff like that. But oftentimes the the most well-paid gigs are also the most demanding in terms of time and 
travel. I'd do a lot of abroad gigs and I was just like, I would go, I think my record was 56 hours without sleep. Oh, yeah, Lisa, that's not good at yeah, all. Yeah, it's not because we'd have like super, super early flights. Yeah. And, you know, you do a gig and you finish at 1 a.m. and then it takes you however long to wind down. And then you're up again at four, three or four, because you've got to get back to the airport. It's a real machine you're in Mm -hmm. at at that point. Yeah, Yeah. a total machine. I got to a point where I knew I needed to calm down, but then you get this sense of guilt because everyone's looking at you going like, oh, you're always complaining about this amazing (laughs) gig you have. (laughs) It's so unfair. Everyone wants that gig. How can you you complain about it? Yeah. But it's like, that's a mentality thing. Like everyone can deal with different levels of yeah. work and stress and travel. And it's like, everyone's completely different. You got to figure mm-hmm. out what's right for you. I'm super introverted. And a lot of these gigs require me to be in a taxi with someone for like an hour and a half and have to make conversation yeah. or I'm with people I don't know all the time. Right. And it can be really draining. Oh, absolutely. On top of, you know, having to do a, a 90 minute, set or whatever yeah particularly if you don't get any opportunity to refuel yeah exactly yeah they called me in and they wanted to put me on a retainer which i actually did for a while but then they wanted to make my retainer longer and be able to book me further in advance and when you're on retainer you can't really say no they basically that you're committed yeah yep which was a huge luxury and was amazing for me for a while because i was getting a salary basically as a musician which is, is crazy. super rare. Right? But you got to think about yourself and your own needs. And it became a thing where I didn't care about money anymore. I just wanted to be happy and have time to do my own projects because I was trying to balance everything. I didn't have any space in my brain to to think about what I wanted to write about or yeah. things I wanted to yeah. say. I was just so tired. It's also what it made music become. It was like, it was such an occupancy. Like Lisa would be down in London for four, pretty much four days every week. The cost of that was like all of a sudden when you're away for four days a week, your days off, your three days off. It's like, that's recharge time. It's like, you've just done music for four days and that did affect the creative headspace. And like, mm. mm-hmm. yeah. So we basically didn't do any Lilo stuff for a while, like over a year. Yeah. I'm so incredibly grateful for those gigs. I've learned a lot, not just about myself, but as a musician also. Yeah. Like the yeah. the people I've gotten to meet and work with has been crazy and little things that I've picked up like vocally from other singers that I've gotten to work with right. has been really cool. And I've gotten to do some cool like sessions and gigs because of it. Yeah. Um, so like I'm by no means ungrateful for that gig. No, it seems like it served an important purpose. Definitely. At a, at a specific time. I feel like it needed it needed to happen. I still do it. Every now and then. We did a really good, this was actually before we'd sort of stepped down from it, because we did a really, really great gig in November. And it was our first band gig in about a year. And it was so good. Like it was mostly new lineup of uh, musicians as well, which has been a bit of a thing. That's been, that really gave us a springboard. And like we, Heroin had just gone to the producer within like a month before. So it was really, it was really great to like have someone to go and execute and go and do like, go, go and use it. So you also were telling me about the process of emerging out of this influence of being a producer. Yeah. Very track heavy and everything when it originated as a band project. And then all of a sudden you felt like maybe, I don't know, did you overdo it? Was it a little too track heavy or did it just sort of have to recalibrate? I think it got to that stage where we, I felt like we were overdoing it. Mm. It was like the three stages of sort of it evolution of the band really it was like we started off very very bandy part of that is like 
it's age. I think it's age. The fact we were, I guess we were like third year in our undergrad course. Mm-hmm. So it's very... It's surrounded by great musicians. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and what people listen to is very muso. So that they kind of bled into what we played. And if anything, bled in too much. And like maybe some of the personality in the band was, it was, it was too much for what the songs were. And that's something I always kind of felt. It was just like, this is too much for what the song is. Yeah. So when we get... You can came, easily overplay a song. Yeah, so when yeah. we came to USC, it came down to just me and Lisa. We ha- had to become self-sufficient. It was so interesting to see what that brought out of us. We felt like we'd landed on what Lilo was. We were really, really happy with what we were doing. As I got into production, we would then go into band rehearsal. I'm like, man, I'm, I miss this part. Oh, I, I really miss that that sequence <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, can anyone play that? Yeah, I don't really think we can <laughs> replicate that. So I was like, we made the decision that we want to start playing to tracks. And so our whole time out here, we did quite a few gigs. We did it all to track and absolutely loved it. And yeah. we went back, we did a small tour with one of our fr- one of our friends, band Young Monarch. It was a really great tour. And the gigs we did with them, absolutely loved it. Like we felt like we were really nailing the track thing. It was, it yeah. was great. Then there was a little bit of a break and we did a couple of gigs where it was more than one occasion on a gig where I was just like, there's too much going on here. Mm-hmm. There's too much mm-hmm. going on here. And the keys player is literally holding a chord. I've got this wrong a little bit. I have to, I have to change this a little bit. And it's like, there's too much of a dependence on what's happening in the track. And I think that it definitely, it started constricting the musicians and like from feedback in like bands that some of the members were like, I just feel like I can't be what I, I want to bring to this. And that's what we want. Like you want people, you want people to be, to be there. And that's of like, course, yeah. that's the thing that every original musician I'm sure will find you want musicians to be there. And like, although Lilo is really, it's, Lilo is like Lisa's persona, but Lilo, it's a two-piece with like, a the kind of a well-integrated band. And like, right. we consider them yeah. band members. Yeah. Lilo yeah. is your vision. It yeah. is. It's our vision. So after those thoughts and a couple of shows, I was just like, I need, I want to rebalance it. And I knew from the get-go, I was like, I want the band to have more of a say in this. Like, if someone can play a part, they should be a part. The backing track can provide the roles that we can't do but it got to the point where i felt the backing track was taken away from the musicians performances yeah. i was like we got it wrong there this has been an awesome afternoon getting to catch Thank up with you, you guys yeah, yeah such a blast but i'd love to have you end today's episode with another tune if that's all right Absolutely. okay what do you want to play for me so this song is called space talk and it's just about a like a transcendental love that you have with somebody And that's pretty much all it's about. That's it. So there you go. (laughs) Enjoy, kids. Thanks, Chris. Um, Let's have RC, Marco, and Kelly come back in and join you for Space Talk, performed by Lilo. So thank you, George. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's been great. Our love is magic. We're practicing a pleasure trip for the rest of forever. I'm in your rocket garden, mission control. You know where my heart is. You hit the target, even in the darkness. When we make love, we talk in space talk, communicate. Talking in space talk When we make love We talk in space talk Communicate love Talking in space talk
If this is heaven, well then we got here first Ready for our moon landing, your love is coming in handy Looks like we're setting up camp here, looks like you understand me Co-pilot, ooh, sidecar So exciting, lightning strikes wherever we are Completely weightless, now I know what faith is I know what faith is Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.